911, what's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton. And I'm your co-host, Clint Walton. In today's episode, I thought we would talk about the different ways that we each process the emotion of anger. Um, I don't know where this came from just now. It just popped into my head. And I wanted to share with you a time in my life where I became so upset that I needed to ask Clint to come and stand by while I took a shower because I... I was so, so angry. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. Baby, when's the last time that you boiled over? That really takes some time for me to think of because it's hard for me to really get mad. But I would almost think something that kind of comes to my memory of one time at work, I had one of my workers that was responsible for my crew, he was supposed to be doing something and completely negated what I said. Neglected what you said. Neglected what I said. (laughs) And I just got so upset at it. And I don't think it was just because of that specific incident. It was because of a lot of things leading up to that. Even though he's the supervisor for the crew he still answered to us and it was something where they've always had tried finding shortcuts and ways to get out of things and so when I asked him for one simple favor one simple task he completely went the opposite way and didn't do it and it was important for the community and for the powers that be to get it done and I just boiled over where I had to just walk away from the situation. Otherwise I would have said things or did things that I I wouldn't have really been happy about in the long run. And that's huge for me because I, I really think back when I was a kid, I I mean I'm a redhead. I had that redheaded temper. My brother was the only one who really could anger me to the point of where I just saw red. And just went crazy. I mean, even to the effect of, I don't know if you remember those little baseball bats that you go to like a local minor league baseball game. And it's just, it's a small bat. I mean, it's not a full size one. And I ended up chasing him around the house with it. And I was only like probably eight years old. So it wasn't like I was a teenager doing it, but he was able to trigger me in that way to really just make me blow up. That's really interesting to me because you had first started out by saying like this was a really hard one for you to think of. And there's nothing between Clint and I that we share in similarity. Everything about us is polar opposite, except for that. Like we're both very calm and we just don't get mad. We don't fight with each other, you know, and I I know so many people that hate us for saying that, but... Like, I just don't have time for that. Like, I don't have the mental capacity to waste space with things that don't matter. And I'll be completely transparent here. A lot of it is my own inner ego because I don't argue about shit when I know that I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's just the truth. <laughs> like, there you go. But it's interesting. Do you remember? Well, first of all, how long ago was that? The one with my crew? Yeah. Uh, probably about a year ago now. A year ago. Do you remember what the thought process was for you for like sizzling down? I I think it just, it everything had stacked up to where it just made me snap at the situation where I, I told my partner I was with at the time I go, we just got to go. I can't deal with this the rest of the day. And I left and I was fine with everybody else. It was just, I couldn't deal with him on that day. The next day I was able to, I was able to calm down and say, what the fuck's your problem in a nicer way. But at that time I definitely couldn't do it. And I think it just, it's just that stockpiling and letting it add up and add up and add up to, it just finally boiled over for me. So since then, like, what did that situation, especially at work, right? Like being a police officer, like it's not cool for you to allow things to stack, stack, stack to where you can just blow the fuck up like that. So what did you learn in retrospect? It's just like you said, it's it's not worth it. There's no point in allowing my energy to unload like that. And just not not to hold on to things like to let it even stack up. I mean, bottom line is it is what it is. I love that saying. And you can't control other people's actions. You can only control how you respond to them. And how you feel about them. Exactly. And the one that came up for me was after my mom had passed away, my dad was fucking crazy. Like he did things that I just can't wrap my mind around even still. And I understand that when you lose a loved one, especially after losing somebody for, you've been married to for over 30 years, depression does amazing things to us to where you do act in ways that become unfathomable. And for my dad, he had always spoken so poorly about his ex-wife just like everybody does, I guess, Mm -hmm. for the most part, at least from what I hear. And out of the blue, my dad decided to fly out of state. He went to go visit her, apparently rekindled something, spent a shit ton of money on her. And uh, he ended up deciding to plan this whole family vacation with my brother, excuse me, which is my dad's son, And his mom, my dad's ex-wife, and their whole family was going to be coming to California. Coincidentally, at the same time, Clint and I were going to be out of the country. And I didn't hear about it until a day before we left on our trip. So, I mean, in my mind, it was like, okay, they're hiding this from us. Like, why, why is it that I'm the only one that steps up and shows up and supports my dad, you know, in every way? And, um... Then he decides to hide something like this for me. And I was very upset. And I don't have that switch, that switch that gets flipped to where people just get angry and agitated and they hold on to it and it becomes so heavy that, yes, you just want to take all that shit and throw it. Like, that just doesn't happen. I like Whatever it is, I'm very, very fortunate. It just does not happen for me. And this time was very different. 
And I remember it building up so, so much throughout that day. And there's all these things, right? Like my dad is vulnerable and I feel like he's being taken advantage of. And my dad's son, like he tries to be a part of his life, but he's never showed up in this way before. And, you know, there's the money, there's like all these things. And then we're leaving and I can't be there to protect him and to make sure that everything is okay. Or if things aren't okay, like, you know, to make sure that I'm there. And then it started to get even worse because, and mind you, like I'm still dealing with the death of my mom on top of all of this. And so I think I started to make it about me. And I don't, I don't ever do that in, in that extent with regards to my dad. I try to, to give him everything that he needs, but then my dad had the audacity to have my brother call me, my brother who is my dad's son, and I don't have a, much of a relationship with him, and that's the truth. I'm very, very nice with him. I tell him I love him. He's family. But, I mean, we don't talk on the phone. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about him apart from what um, my dad shared, and that's to the fault of both of us. But it's just, Clint, as you said, I like it is what it is, and my dad actually had him call me and he left me this message just pretty much chewing me out for the way I was feeling and that I needed to call. And mind you, I didn't like my upset was not something that I like verbalized extensively on on the outside. It was just, I made it apparent and my questioning I think drew red flags for them. And because there was some shit going on that they weren't being truthful about, that's what made them so defensive. And then Um, I remember getting that voice message as I was walking into the shower and I was so angry and I've never had this emotion of anger before. And I think a lot of that was rooted in the death of my mom. And I remember telling Clint, like, you need to come and just sit in here. Like the water was already high. Like I was already in a towel. Like I'm, I'm hopping in. I need to take a shower. So just come sit in here because I'm, I was so mad. I was shaking, like I didn't even want to cry. Like I was that mad. I didn't even want to like push tears out because of the fury. And I mean, Clint and I ended up taking off on vacation and just closing the book and kind of ignoring it. And I remember how hurt I was because I checked in with my dad every day while we were out of the country. And there was one day where my dad was at an amusement park with his his new little new old family. And you know, I, I'm almost 33 and never once in my life has my dad taken any of us to an amusement park. Um, I, I actually take that back. There was one time where the only time we went as a family, my mom won the lottery. <laughs> she won like $7,000. And at that time, that was a lot of money. This was before my dad had his own career as a contra- as a contractor. And um, we went on a family vacation to Disneyland for one day because we were actually going to Canada to meet my dad's dad for the only time in my life before he passed away. So that was the only time that we ever went on on a family vacation like that. But the only time that my dad ever went with us, and it was my mom's idea, it certainly wasn't my dad's. So to be out of the country like that and to hear my dad at an amusement park with them it it did something like I felt it, but what I felt even more was his exhaust. Like he has bad knees and he was so tired. They all wanted to go, go, go. And he was too old for that. He, you know, at that time and now. 
And they didn't know that. They didn't have that conceptualization of who my dad is and how he is because they just came to have a good time um, on his dime. And I don't have any problem saying that. And I felt so bad for him and even guilty us being out of the country and me not being there to like grab a wheelchair for my dad or to just say no or to take him home because he, he needed those things. And he, he was in an environment that he was in over his head about. And so I think having that in the aftermath it really allowed me to process the anger differently. And seeing what my physical reaction was to that type of anger, it allowed me to know, like, I'm never going to allow myself to feel that way again because they're all there planning their trip, like going to the fucking amusement park. And then here I am trembling in the shower and I'm giving them that kind of control. Like, who the fuck do you think you are to ever have that kind of control over me? I will never ever let someone have that kind of control over me again. And um, I think that says a lot about me as a person. And it, it truly feels good to be able to say that because I know how much time and money and effort I've exhausted in being able to control my own thoughts, minds, and emotions to the effect of being certified and then being able to show other people how to do the same thing that I would never, ever want to go through something like that again. And I hope that as you listen to this, I know that this kind of got a little heavy, but I mean, it's the truth. This is just real life. And I have no problem sharing these pieces of me. And I know Clint doesn't either. But I just hope that you understand how important it is for you to be able to guard your own psyche and to not ever let someone else take control of that power. Because when you let someone upset you to that extent, you're allowing them to take so much more from you than just the onset of the upset. And I think by recognizing that, it allows us to become more wholesome and to sort of look down on situations like that instead of succumbing to them and being so engrossed in things that ultimately just hurt us the most in the end. And just know that you own that power and it belongs to you. And I hope that you carry that with you throughout the rest of the day.